0: Hello. So we have. Hey,
1: what's up?
0: So we have the Soap Girls on, right? <laughs> this is, yeah. This, this is Family Electric Ghost, and I interview in uh, indie artists from around the world. And today we're talking to the French uh, sisters, the Soap Girls. Right? You're um Millie and me, or do I have that right? Yeah, you do. Okay. Actually,
2: we're born in France, and we grew up in Cape Town, South Africa. So we have. Um how could you say like mixed
1: background we have
2: saying the name you can either call us million me or Camille and Noemi,
0: okay. depending on
2: what language
0: you speak. Okay. Well, I, I went with my American version, sorry.
1: <laughs> no,
0: But yeah, so you've been performing uh internationally since twenty fifteen, right? And you've got like like a global yeah. following. You're on a, you're on the like uh, the festival circuit right now with your new tour. Uh, that you're calling uh what is you're calling it um uh,
1: my yeah to. yeah
0: yes you, so that's really yeah. cool and I, I i really appreciate your sound because i have a I, I love like a punk aesthetic and you kind of remind me of um like joan jett and lita ford in the runaways and yeah. oh, oh that's that, so cool runaways.
1: dude
2: thank you that's very big compliment we fucking look up to
0: those women so much. Yeah, Thank you're you. you're channeling their vibe like a modern version, you know, and, and that's really cool because I I love punk music like Chris Do and the Replacements and you know going back to the Sex Pistols and Susie and the Banshee. I, I just have a love for that kind of music, and you guys are you know in this world where there's a lot of EDM, not that put it down, and I'm an electronic music musician myself, but I I, I like it when people actually you know strap on a guitar and really get into it. And you guys are really, you know, out there. (laughs) I know, thank you. I really
1: appreciate them.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you've been performing. uh, You performed at the Rebellion Festival with Camden Rocks. Um, You got the Sniff My Strap uh, album, and you're getting ready to put out your new album, Elephant in the Room, right?
2: Yeah, our first album was Calls for Rebellion. Um, our first independent album. And then we've got um, Society's Rejects. And then the third album is Elephants in the Room. We're about to release that.
0: Yeah, I like that like, That song you have um, that kind of name checks uh, Johnny Rotten.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually about a serial killer in South Africa. We fucking love John Lydon. Yeah. But that one, yeah, yeah that's yeah.
0: about you a serial it. Yeah, you flipped it. It's not exactly about him
2: no but we do we, we really dig him we think he's an intelligent man
0: that's cool so i mean your sound is really dynamic i really and in your, in your stage show like i'm very impressed with what you're doing because like a lot of people their stagecraft you know they don't like it seems like like you guys are looking up to the ideas like you know the bowie freddie mercury and then you know people like like the runaways but having a stagecraft that you got you know that your your look in the field of what you do that you're bringing like a real show you know from what you
3: you. to us that's like super it's super important because you can't just i mean obviously music is very important too but you need like to take people somewhere else do you know what i mean
2: yeah you can't you can't just assume that just because you're playing an instrument i mean that people are going to be entertained that's it's great and all, like to have great songs, but you need to make the show, so to speak, and that's what yeah. we love doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, you kind of bring in that, that Freddie Mercury, Bowie vibe, you know, because you're, you're. Oh, you're that's very bringing... yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because I'm a I'm a big lover of music, you know. I, I'm a, a producer and you know musician myself, and I've always looked toward you know folks like that. If you go back back in the day with Bowie. You know, he reinvented himself. He kind of self-actualized and created Ziggy and became Ziggy. And you guys seem to be channeling this this kind of vibe that is kind of really old school but cool. You know, it's modern too because you're bringing, you're willing to just put yourselves out there and and, and be very expressive, and that's really cool. So Hell, uh, thank
1: yeah. you.
3: And oh. I think
0: <laughs>
1: I think
3: those people like Freddie Mercury and and David Bowie. If you look back, they got a lot of shit back then. Yeah, because they were ahead of the time. But even as you would think in 2019, people are more open-minded in
2: a sense, yes. It's so, crazy that we're still having to fight for the right to do what we as others feel is right for us. It's crazy in this day and age, but it's happening. And But it means you're doing something right, I guess. Yeah. And we're really happy to inspire other people to carry on regardless of the shit that they get for it.
0: Yeah, I would think in America, you might have some trouble with some venues with the way you do your show because you're out there, you know, and you're being really honest and you're, and you're presenting yourselves. And some people in, our, in my country are kind of like uh, stuck up <laughs> and prudish okay. and, and they might not like what you're doing. I would think like in LA and New York, you wouldn't have trouble, but you get out to the Midwest, you get up to certain places, they might not like it, but who cares? <laughs> um <laughs>
2: Oh my God! Sometimes, sometimes there is a, a nice fight at our shows, and I mean, like, look, I don't mind swinging my bass and knocking a few people in the head. It's pretty
0: cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's a good. Do
2: what you.
0: <laughs> but so, um, you you you've been like, uh, you know, I think like uh, if you get into what you're doing, um, it's very exciting, and it looks like you, you guys started like from your story you were selling this handmade soap when you were like eight, nine years old, right? And that's how you yeah. became like the soap girls. Maybe you can talk about that.
2: Yeah. We, we actually started out street performing. We wanted to raise funds for charity and we've always loved um, like entertaining people. So we were like, well, you know what? Why don't we just, um, I don't know, take some of these soaps and go
3: down to the harbor. And, I don't know, put on a little show. And see what happens
2: yeah so we would go on to tourist buses and sing in like different languages and we'd entertain people and we'd raise funds for hospitals in south africa the public ones are amazing but um because of lack of resources and like mismanagement of funds most of them have broken down equipment oh. so we we were really happy that at that age we had a sense of purpose but even like back then i think it was
3: it was cool that we did that because it set us up to have a very thick skin. Now yeah. it's even like people gave us a lot of shit because of what we were doing, even though it was for a good cause. Like people like, Oh no, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be, um, I don't know, going out and uh, I don't know, kissing boys or some other shit. Yeah. Some bullshit. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So happy that that gave us grounding. You know, we did that 365 days a year for eight years and from, Obviously after school. Yeah, yeah, from from doing that actually, we met someone who asked us, "Well, do you want to like have a go in my in my studio and try to record a song and see like what it's like?" And we're like, "Okay, why not?" So we were about twelve and thirteen, and we went in and recorded some really cheesy songs. And this one in particular was called "Boys, Boys, Boys," and we sent it out and it, it got onto a Japanese compilation disc and eventually after quite a few years of just like trying like different songs and stuff in studios, we got signed to Universal Records in South Africa and it was pretty cool. But the only thing was they had a very different idea of how they wanted us to be and sound. So we had a constant a struggle, yeah. a constant struggle for creative freedom.
0: So, so are you still with Universal or did you switch because of that no,
2: struggle? No, no, no. we, we do for the last, um, since 2013, we've been independent and it took us years to get out of that contract. I doubt very much we'd be allowed to
3: say and do the things we do if we were with them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a very, very horrible, um, look, there's nothing wrong with record labels per se, but when they don't understand an artist and they try to change them like all the time
0: that's shit, man. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm on the indie label. I just have a distribution deal, and they pretty much let me do whatever I want because that's the way. That's not yeah, because I, you know, I'm, I'm not like hitting real big, but I'm doing what I want. You know, they don't edit my material; exactly. they just take it and engineer it, and then they put it out with like Bentley Records on New York. But, but like I was reading your influences, and it like you're very wide influences because you're talking about like Fleetwood Mac. Joan Jet, Heart, Nirvana, Bajo Surfers, REM. So, you know, Allison Change, Marilyn Manson, Alas Morissette, Napon Death, L7. I mean, you got very wide, you know, like the runaways too, you know. So uh, yeah,
2: you can you can see it in, in our music. It's definitely reflected because we have a lot of very melodic songs, and then we've got songs that are pretty i don't know apparently they're quite scary live yeah like many... you
0: got the l7 vibe big time and you got that behol surfer kind of real punk kind of
2: yeah know. i can fucking love like we love all those bands and i think it's great that we are yin and yang as personalities and music wise so my sister loves fleetwood mac she loves very melodic music mm-hmm. and then i i prefer the maybe more aggressive music you would say yeah and it's a
0: good mix. Yeah, well, it's cool. So, you, you, you So you, you, know, like, no problem. Sometimes it drops. I mean, you got to be careful to make sure you don't hit the button. But um, <laughs> no, there's a little no, button think, on the bottom, so you just be careful. But, um, Yeah, yeah
2: you know what it is? I think it's the Wi-Fi, because even though we've got our own, like, little mobile Wi-Fi box just to be yeah. safe, then the connection drops. It's, like, in the middle of nowhere.
0: Well, we yeah. are right now, so. Okay, shit. Well, we, just be aware, it's not live and we can string segments together, so it'll be cool. So, okay. so, so what I was talking about, like, you guys play bass and guitar, right? You're 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 yeah. you actually are musicians. So, who plays bass and who plays guitar? Millie on the bass
3: and me on guitar.
0: So, when did you learn how to play bass and guitar? What age did you start getting into that?
2: 12 and 13 when yeah. we picked up guitars and that was because we heard the song White Wedding by Billy Idol. And were like,
0: Oh, oh awesome.
2: And, <laughs> thank you. That's a fucking amazing song. And it's, I think it's Steve Stevens, who, who's the guitarist and they're fucking amazing. Yeah, um, Steve
0: Stevens, he's
2: awesome. It's like insane. And then bass, I picked up about seven, I think either seven or eight years. Yeah, seven years ago, because... I I always struggled to sing and play guitar at the same time for some very weird reason and mm-hmm. it just didn't feel right mm-hmm. and we needed a bassist so I'm like you know what fuck this and then I, I just picked up the bass and it felt as natural as breathing so yeah.
0: Yeah because sometimes like you know you never know some people some folks like you know they can pick up an instrument and they feel more comfortable with it so yeah, it's like my brother was able to pick up guitar and he just jumped into it, but I was able to jump on piano and synths. And, you know, he couldn't do it. He wanted to do piano, but he couldn't. But he, uh, he was more comfortable on guitar. So, yeah, it's like you never know, like, what your, how your, like, you, your body reacts to instruments, you know, and certain yeah, folks are yeah, going to be more comfortable with another instrument than another, you know, than other ones, but that's cool. Yeah. So you get, you, it like, you, a- yeah. with someone so you've been recording in like studios or do you have your own home studio no
3: we not yet we don't have our own
2: home studio. we've got our own like we usually make a grunge music room wherever we go but and the neighbors go apeshit. yeah but <laughs> fuck them um we we do we work in different studios and stuff especially in south africa and eventually that's our goal to have our own home studio
0: that's cool. So so do when you guys put demos down, do you do, you guys do any kind of demo like at home with like a four tracker or something or you just wait till you get to the studio?
2: Yeah, sometimes we do. But we generally like we'll go straight into the studio with whatever's in our head and just do it. We have done like some like rough demos, but then it's funny because the song will just change so, so much like after a week of us sitting with it.
0: Yeah, that seems to be, like, I used to play with bands, and, you know, I, because I'm a keyboardist, I was able to, like, arrange a lot of the parts, but then when I would get, you know, to my rehearsal section, like, the bass player would take the bass line I wrote, and I'd totally rewrite it. The drummer would take, like, my electronic drums and totally rewrite it, but i yeah, I give them the kind of idea of what I wanted, and and yeah. when you get together with, like, instead of, like, using a dog. um, you get you get you get really dynamic changes which i think so you guys are 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 kind of like old school you go to the studio like bands like fleetwood mac used to and you just kind of use the studio to create the song
2: yeah well what happens is like we'll we'll play and i mean um we'll just get like ideas and we hear melodies already in the guitar part we we
3: don't we don't um we don't we just use the studio to like track what we what we want to do yeah
0: yeah
1: like we do.
3: Yeah, so you're
0: not doing what the people do today with the with all the, you know, Ableton Live and all that. It, everybody's like constructing these kind of, to me, they're too tight and, and anesthetic uh, and they don't have like a, a live feel like what I hear you guys doing.
2: Hey, well, thank you. It is tricky though. Um Even we find with recording often, we, we're very like, we love raw recordings and things, but sometimes in the studio, you don't get that same, like, energy. And, and people often will say to us, you sound way better live. And I take that as a compliment. But it, it, it is tricky in this day and age to, uh, like, get a sound engineer that will just let you um,
0: be what you want. Yeah, yeah. because
2: we
3: don't, we don't let anyone interfere with, like, how we want things to sound and our ideas.
0: But so a home studio be- might be a really good idea for you guys because then you could probably, like, you know, get some equipment and just, like, live track it. Um, to get that feel, because like you know, you, like if you think about bands like you know, the Sex Pistols or Bruce Doo or the Who, you know, they always sound really good live. You yeah. know, and it might be a good idea in the future to like live record an album. Oh no, that's like, what we're gonna
2: do. I think we might even do a live album this year itself, actually. Um, because I don't know, there's something about the energy on stage, and I mean when you're all playing together, that like we're a three piece band and you have such a synergy, and it's it's tangible, you can feel it through, like, any recording, but in the studio, sometimes, because we're not all playing together at the same time, like, my sister and I were together, but the drummer only adds someone right. like, way later, it's, it's different.
0: Yeah, that's always the problem with a studio recording, is, you know, the recording engineer is always, you know, they try to, Fix things that maybe they shouldn't fix. <laughs> oh,
2: no, than that, we, we're like, no, 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 fuck you, man. Like when it gets like, sometimes, it's not, it's maybe too clean for what we wanted. But um, in the yeah. studio, it, we we just we produce everything ourselves. It's it's just whatever idea we've got in us, it, it's it's there.
0: Yeah, because if you think about like a band like Pushka Do, when they were on the label called SST, you know, they're 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 like you know those albums like you know like. Had a feel that was really raw because when they were recorded, they kind of pretty much live recorded
1: the yeah. whole
0: band playing at the same time. And then when they went to Warner Brothers, they had the Warner Brothers guys that tried to clean it up. Uh. And and then you know the the Warner Brothers who do albums don't they sound like you know radio quality so so called radio quality, but they don't have as much of the punk aesthetic well, that, that the, the early records have.
2: There's something amazing about it. It's the same with Photoshop. It's an amazing tool. I mean, when you need it, but when you when you take a face or you take people and, and they become so unrecognizable, it's and they lose their character. It's insane, and it's the same with music, I guess, when it's too polished.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's why a lot of people are, are trying to get you know back to analog tape and using like you know like analog recording equipment rather than digital. Because that's, I mean, I use modes. I use analog synths, you know, and a lot of people. Plugins. I'm an electronic guy, but I like using, like, profits. And, you know, analog synths have a character that's kind of like a punk aesthetic. They're not, like, digital synths don't have that. Yeah. And so if you're, when you're playing, like, kind of you say, I'm playing, I like to use the analog, because it has that raw, powerful sound that you Know it's not a guitar, but a Moog can be very expressive compared to like a digital synth.
1: No, and
0: if, and if you record it, it's better to record it on the tape than to record it digitally because it, you lose a lot of the character. Yeah. Uh, so, I think the same thing with like raw guitar playing, like heavy, like blue, blue, <clears throat> sorry, blues or rock or what you're doing with this kind of mm. punk Riot Girl aesthetic. <laughs> I think that that is a like a really cool way to do it so like if you build a home studio i would recommend like try to go with foot (laughs) tape
2: no we definitely would like we we love experimenting with music and sound and things so no that's something we definitely want to do and i think that's why we love the 90s so much late 80s and 90s something like that mm -hmm. lo-fi recording yeah
0: yeah, like college radio, like indie radio. Yeah. Like I was was all over listening to like the replacements and skidoo and like a lot of these bands. You know, like Public Limit, Image Limited. You know, all like what Johnny Lydon did after the Sex Pistols. There was a lot of cool stuff. You know, the Clash. You know, I mean? Big Audio Dynamite. There's a lot of cool stuff that was being done, and it was raw. And, you know, you know the Clash weren't as raw as they might appear to be. They were actually a little bit more produced, but they still had that punk aesthetic Ooh, that sure. you know, a lot of bands today don't have. You know, you guys got that. You, you guys, like, I make you me hear, like, the Clash. I hear the Buffalo Surfers. I hear L7. And it's, and it's really dynamic. I love that. I think there's a lot of bands that are missing out on that because they're overproduced. I'm and it's cool. Well. It, <laughs> yeah, you guys could have gone that way. You know, it's cool that you didn't go that way.
2: No, we, we've we already done it. I mean, being signed to the record label, you had no option but to have the most um, radio-friendly music. I mean, even down to the timing, we were told you can't have a song
0: over this. Longest- then three minutes or whatever. And, and <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, the, that really was that really frustrating to you when they were limiting like the length of the song. Everything, like the key yeah. the key changes, what you could do. Yeah. They were really quite controlling like every aspect, right? Even
2: radio interviews we'd have someone um, from the record label sit in and, and then if you say something wrong, and they like gesture wildly and you're like, oh, what the fuck did I say? And then there would be a whole meeting on what you did wrong. And it was just shit. Even if you didn't like a song, it was like, you know what? No, guys, we, they would tell us that, no, 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 you're doing this song. And we'd be like, no, we, seriously, what the fuck? Yeah. And we were, we were never allowed to um, say what we felt needed mm-hmm. to be said at the time. So, for instance, we're very much um, staunch supporters of the LGBTQ community, and yeah. we we would get into shit for it. And I mean, they didn't mind. Oh, that the like gay market, you know, embraced us. They, they were just like, no, 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 you can't get too entrenched there. You know, you've got to stick to well,
1: with we're the mainstream. Affiliated
2: with them,
0: and yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah it's like, that's like cool for people to edit. You know, to me, music is is like the ultimate freedom of expression. Exactly. And you have a limit on it. You ta- shit. Yeah, you take an artist like you artists like yourselves, and then you try to limit your speech. That doesn't. It's not consistent with what you're trying to do. You exactly.
2: Know? Uh, and it, it was shit. I mean, we were we were much young at the time, and it, it was a constant struggle. We couldn't um do like shows that we wanted to do. We. It, all had to go through the record label, and to a lot of people, being signed is the like biggest thing that you
0: can do as a musician. But it's not and actually. I also,
3: like to mess with people's heads. I think especially when you're young.
0: Well, you see, like a lot of bands, they kind of go full circle. You get bands like Pearl Jam, Radiohead. They all went indie. Like Wilco, they all went indie. They were all on labels. They all started to go indie because they want that freedom to do what they want to do. Exactly. And and if, you know, even the big guys are, are are saying like, I don't want to be controlled like that anymore. You know, Shit. yeah, that they want to control. You know, there's a lot of bands now that they they even go out and they produce their CDs separately from the label. They'll <laughs> go <much> <laughs> and you know create packages for vinyl and add posters and stuff that the label doesn't do. They go and create special packages like out, out you know with their own mini companies. You know and distribute outside the normal distribution, just because they want the quality of the product to be better than what the label does.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even you know, like your fans and people that listen to music, they they know integrity and they can feel it, so it, it's nice, you know, like, if your music's on the radio and you're, you're playing, like, I don't know, big, like, TV shows and, and things like that, look, that's, that's great and all, but at the end of the day, if you have to answer this question and and you can't, when they ask you, so, um, like, you know, what does your music mean to you? Like, how, how does it make you feel? And, and you actually feel nothing for it. That That's a shit feeling. And we had that. Yeah, We'll never do that again.
0: Yeah, it's cool. So you're totally in control of your destiny. You're doing what you want. You're not being edited. Uh, you know, your shows show that you have total freedom. Uh, the way you present yourselves is like a total freedom. You kind of, you know, it's very uh inspiring because you know i i i I do something that's a little different than a lot of a lot of artists like i i create a female persona that's like josephine electric the lead singer of my band is me oh that's so cool and i actually create her through voice so i use my synthesizers to create a character because i didn't feel comfortable with my own voice okay so i i went and i found I was experimenting with boycotters and I found, like, I, if I switched to a soprano mode, my voice turned into this character that I called Josephine Electric. And then I created a whole mythology about her. And, you know, some labels, when I was originally doing it, they were like, oh, we don't like, they only like my other character, the ghost, which is kind of a deep phantom sound. It's like my voice pitch deeper. And I'm like, well, Josephine is doing 90% of my songs. Or, or, or you know, she, she, she's the voice I have on most of my music, and I finally found somebody that supported what I was doing. But they were, oh, you know, what are you trying to do? You trying to do transgender? Trying to do this? Trying to do that? They Didn't like it. Um, but you know, you got to be free to do what you want to do, and it's cool when you get people that actually support what you're doing, so I can fully understand what you what you went through
2: do you know even um the way that we dress we get a lot of shit for it i mean we often perform in body paints and we wear as little as we can get away with but the crazy thing was when we were signed to the record label and we were underage they would put us into magazines like fhm they even yeah and I say threatened because it's not a treat for us. They even told us that they would be putting us into playboy. And we went insane, we, we hated that. I mean, the, the reason why we perform and do what we do is because nudity or skin is something so natural, but society has tried to paint it in order to profit from it. And the only way that they make money off skin is by keeping it a taboo. Now. There's nothing wrong with being sexy, but we, we had a big issue with the fact that the record label didn't mind us in um, men's magazines or with an overtly sexual image as unaged, um, like, females. Yet, when you, as a woman, decide to dress how you want, it's a big problem, and we hated that. They took so many issues with the way that we wanted to dress, yet they were putting us into situations that we didn't want to be in.
0: And I hate them. Yeah, not, yeah that's not cool. Because, well, you know, I think it's like, you know, the rec industry probably still male-dominated with a lot of dumb ideas. Um, uh, and not understanding, you know, being an African-American, we run into people that, you know, have a preconceived notion of what an African-American artist should do. Uh, and so I would think that it's the same kind of thing with female artists, that they have preconceived notions about what they think <laughs> should work. And they're not talking to you, you know, they, they're talking at you, <laughs> you know, and they're not, they're not working with you, trying to like work you. It's <laughs> you
2: know, actually so true. What you are you saying? I, I completely feel it. I mean, it's annoying. It's like they have an idea of how you should be as a woman. And I guess like what you're saying as an African-American, they, they cannot get beyond their own preconceived idea of who you should be because that's the only way that they can see you. And that is so shit, and that's why it's so important nowadays for artists, especially, to fight the censorship, fight the bullshit. Because if we don't, and we just keep accepting all the censorship happening, there will be no freedom again. There will never be freedom.
0: Yeah, well, you, what I like to see. You know, the reason I I interview indie artists that are, are all over the world, you know, because I think they need a platform. And a lot of the big companies, they want to push what they want to push. And I, I like to push, you know, indie artists that are breaking through and doing something unique. Most of the artists I interview, I've, I've found, and they're doing something really impressive to me. You know, as a music fan and, and a musician myself, I look at, you know, bands that really interest me, and it doesn't matter what the genre is. I've interviewed country music, EDM, punk rockers, heavy metal guys. Anybody that's cool, whatever, whatever the genre you're in, if you're doing something really unique or cool, that's what I want to push. And uh, you know, it's just to me, the world is trying to force people into this kind of auto tune. You know, pro tools. Like you know, everybody loves the beat, but the beat's been recycled a thousand times.
2: I you know? know, it's it's shit. Like if you listen to the radio, there's no distinction between any of the songs. It it's just. It's like a sameness, and when you ask people, "Do you like this stuff?" Even you ask our brother, he's 18, and you ask the youth, you ask even 12-year-olds, "Do you like this?" People don't really know what to say. They're kind of like, "Well, yeah, it's alright," but th- there's no no passion in it. I mean, if you look at the, the 90s, 80s, 70s, even yeah. um, the early 2000s, there were there was such a distinctive like sound for every genre, and people either loved it. But there, there was something going on. But now it, it's all the same. You you can't.
0: Yeah. What well, a problem. Yeah. What I've seen is like I've seen you know labels say they want a song that sounds like Drake, and they'll say the what they want, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you see all these red <laughs> labels going around, and they basically are recycling. And they don't want to pay Drake. They'll ask somebody to clone Drake, or to ask somebody to clone. Yeah. Beyonce. Yeah. And they yeah, and they just keep on trying to clone it. And, you know, the record industry has done that before, you know, with like, you know, they've tried to clone the Beatles a thousand times, you know, they've tried to clone Whitney Houston a thousand times, Beyonce a thousand times, that's what they do. But, but, you know, if you go back in the day and you had the, you know, the original guys in the sixties, you know, the, the, the bands that were like jam bands, like the Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers, they were allowed to have creative freedom to create things that nobody would write songs like Jessica anymore because it wouldn't be able to play on the radio. You know, nobody would write a song like Melissa anymore because of like, what's that talking about? You know, it, it, they they don't let people be creative. They have too many, so many producers process. trying to do the same thing over and over.
2: Well, exactly. It's, it's the same with movies and TV. If you look at it, there's no fresh ideas happening.
0: Yeah, they just want to recycle the same thing over and over. Same thing. So, yeah. And then it was like if you try to do something new, they're like, what's the market? I so, said, well, you know, you gotta create the market. Exactly. Um, yeah. If you if,
2: if everyone had that mentality that there is right now, then nothing amazing would have been created. I mean, there's so many limitations now. People are like, oh no. Um it's you- the same when people say, Oh, every song that's ever been um every song
3: that's ever been made or whatever has already been sung. The same when somebody said, I don't know who it was, but they said, Oh, everything that's been invented has already been invented. And then mm-hmm. a few
2: years later somebody invented the TV. I mean yeah. like I don't know, people people are crazy. They they'll put so many limitations onto artists, but if they if they had been this way that they are now to artists like Queen or Madonna, we wouldn't have the music we have nowadays. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, even going back to Hendrix. If Hendrix had to go from like the he was doing a Chitlin circuit where he's playing behind the Isley brothers, playing behind uh, you know, all these soul acts and he wasn't getting traction. And then some of the soul acts were thinking he was hot dogging it so they, they kinda could fire him. And then oh. Chad Chandler from the from the animals picked him up and brought him to London. Yeah. And then The whole, you know, London elite, you know, McCartney and Lennon and all those guys and Clapton, they saw Hendrix and they were like, oh, my God, you know, and then he finally, you know, he had to leave America and then come back. And even then, when he was doing well, like the recording engineers would try to wreck his mix and he used to have to go on the boards and say no, because he was doing something so innovative that they would try to edit out his feedback. They try to say, what are you doing? He's like, he was doing all this stuff that was like really outer space guitar, you know? And it wasn't something that nobody, anybody knew how to handle.
1: And he had
0: to be really strong and say, you know, I'm going to go on the board and don't take that, don't take these sounds out. Don't edit it out, you know? He, yeah, he, he spent a lot of time doing that, you
2: know. It's crazy though when you when you're the first to do something, when you're a pioneer, you'll get so much shit for it, and and it's kind of crazy that years later, um, people doing what you what you paved the way for will have such an easy ride, and everyone will clap their hands and say, "What an amazing job they've done," but they kind of forget the person who started it all, which is pretty shit, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's why I think it's like a, for every company that's trying to tell people what the mix should be or you know trying to tell you what the key changes should be or really like what what you can do in a song. You know, to me it's like I I think the best music is when people do cross genre. And yeah. I you know you guys are really all over that. You, know, you got a Fleawood Mac L7 runaway sound. You know got- I mean you've got music, music stuff yeah. like
2: that. And there's so much like amazing music out there. And I mean if you just want to listen to one genre and be arrogant about it. That's it's actually really sad. So we love the fact that you can't pigeonhole our music. We can play at um, a hard rock festival. We can play at a pop punk festival. We could play at mm-hmm. a I don't know, maybe I don't know any. That there's no limitation mm-hmm. on our music, and we prefer. Yeah. It to
0: yeah, I think that's great because I like sometimes in electronic music you know we get pigeonholed you know we get trance and edm and then people will say what you got to have the drop you got to have this and then i have always argued with some electronic musicians who said you're going to make edm and trance like disco if you keep on keeping a structure that is so predictable you 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 need to bring in punk elements jazz elements don't be so concerned about the key changes. You know, be like progressive music. Be, go think like, yes, you know, think like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Yeah, electronic music is supposed to be wide open, where you could mix in classical, you could have punk, you could have rock, you could do key changes. You shouldn't be stuck to the drop. You shouldn't be stuck to that beat that is EDM. And I understand, well, that's the genre, but you're going to kill the genre. Exactly. If right. you don't, that's the problem. If you Don't go beyond it.
2: they they, they just they don't they don't ever get innovative anymore people get lazy and and they don't think for themselves and it's kind of the same with politics as well i guess people are used to accepting shit that they no longer question it and it's the same with oh yeah (laughs) years ago like pink floyd i mean they were making music that no one else did or dared to do and if they had thoughts to themselves, oh no, this won't get airplay, or we can't do
0: Dude, this. It wouldn't have made it. It wouldn't have made it, and sure. we would have yeah. much less music out there. Yeah, you know, the whole idea, like the the, the the art rock, you know, progressive rock, they would do songs that are like more than six minutes long, you know. And they do, you know, like rock operas, kind of like Tommy. Like Pink Floyd was doing, like Tommy, Quadrophenia, like rock operas. That's insane, uh, like but it the, was- the Wall. Yeah, there's like animals. I mean, animals is like a rock opera. It's very, it's very like that album is amazing. I I just love it because it just they they tell a story. And and, (laughs)
1: Hotel
3: California, also.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know you get bands that do these songs like Bohemian Rhapsody, Hotel California. According to the radio guys, those songs shouldn't shouldn't have worked because
2: they were over three minutes. Yep. Um, you stick to a formula, then all you'll ever get is what you already know and what's already out there. And that's scary because people are so afraid of taking the risk of, I don't know, maybe rejection. But what they need to understand is so many people like the same music, but there are so many people craving something new. And if you can give people something that they haven't heard before, you've already created a new market, a new genre, a new way of thinking for people, which is great
0: that's why i think like having social media like instagram and you know in soundcloud and the facebook and the youtube allows a lot of indie musicians cuz like every musician i've interviewed i found them on instagram or i found them on youtube yeah. and uh, i didn't find them in the traditional places that you know the record labels like to push people but you know it it seems like that's where a lot of the, the real real goings on or happening kind of like college radio used to be the, the bed where you'd find like an rem yeah. like, where you'd find like a whooshka do it was like a college radio station would play it and then you're like wow and that's where i would listen to like all my music back in the 80s was right off of the college radio i wouldn't listen to the top 40 i was listening to that to find all the cool bands and i think that's what's going on today and then the labels will try to like grab a band off of youtube or, or grab them off of soundcloud yeah or or Instagram. But the fact is like a lot of a lot of bands are doing really good work in this kind of underground, you know, arena that's out there in social media. And I think that's where all the energy is, you know.
2: Well, independent artists have so many more platforms now. I mean, a lot of people think a record labels be the end all, but it's not. You can do so much more for yourself. You are very interactive with people out there. You'll find like-minded individuals who will gravitate to what you're doing. And that's the most important thing you can do right now is to get your name out, get out there, connect. And a lot of people are lazy, I guess, and they won't do it.
0: Yeah, that's why like I found this podcast and I was on SoundCloud you know, as a SoundCloud electronic artist and then the company approached me because they saw I had like 80,000 listens, you know, for for what I was doing. And then they said, you know, would you want to come on and and do a podcast? So initially I was talking about my own music. And I said, you know what? I need to interview bands because I love music. So I just started uh, going, anybody that would like, like (laughs) my approach was I put something on Instagram. If an artist would like my my Instagram, then I would approach them and say, hey, I got a podcast. Uh, since you like my song, would you want to come on and talk? And that's been my approach. And I've been able to interview over 30 artists in the last two years. That's cool.
1: Um, that's and, cool. I, I, and I do it because I
0: don't, I don't charge people. Because there are people out there that will say, hey, you got to pay to get interviewed. And my whole thing is, like, I love music, and I just – I do this because I'm a musician and I think other musicians would want to be interviewed. And so I, I come at it from that perspective. And then without even thinking about it I started getting sponsors. You
1: oh, know what wow. I, mean, I wasn't
0: trying to make money, but because I was just doing it cuz I wanted to do it, now it's starting to actually you know work and I've got over 17,000 listeners so uh, cool. on, on this podcast and now we're we're Anchor is actually part of Spotify. Um, and then we're on, like, 11 different platforms. So this goes out to, like, Apple, Google, Radio, Public, Stitcher. So this podcast goes out on 11 platforms um, w- w- when I publish it. So it gets, gets artists a, a way to get their voice and their concepts heard. You know, that's what I like to do.
2: Oh, it's really amazing, and I respect that. I mean, I think the fact that you're an artist yourself helps you to, like, understand what you would want so you know exactly how to treat other musicians, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's what I found. Like, and I don't want to get into your social life, I want to talk about your music, I want to talk about where your influences are. And so, like, when your new album comes out, what we've been doing is as we've done a couple of shows, like Kendra Black out of New York, we introduced her album and we actually talked every single song. We like when she put out her new album, The Fire, we went through every song. And we talked about it. And then uh, with a band called Sex with Roller Coasters out of Philadelphia, they're kind of a punk indie band. We just talked about their latest release. And we went song by song. So like with you guys, when you have your new album ready, um, we could go song by song or we could even do another episode where we take one of your other albums and go song by song. But I just wanted to kind of do an introductory episode. I've done like multiple episodes with certain individuals that they have enough, enough stuff to talk about. So, fucking cool. yeah, yeah, so if you're into that, we could we could arrange that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean every one of our albums has evolved so much. The first album we did was very raw. We actually we recorded it in two days, 16 songs, because we had no um, we had nothing from when we were in South Africa, we had nothing to take with on tour and we were about to head out to England for the first time. And mm-hmm. we, we needed, like, something. So we did 16 songs in two days. It was fucking crazy how we did it. And then we, we flew to England, no idea of anything, and we just we went from there. So that album's very raw. Um, a lot of our songs are anti-political. They're always about things that we've been through and what we feel. Even one of the songs on our first album is about an armed robbery we happen to be part of. We, we weren't,
3: no, we weren't, part, of it, we weren't we. part of it, but
2: we were, like, un, unwittingly, like, involved in it, n-
1: like, oh,
2: wow. we were in, got robbed. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. But then we, we've got the second album, and it's a bit, not polished, but it, it's a bit, um, we had more time on it, so it's not mm-hmm. as raw. But again, the songs mean so much to us. And the third album is just a complete, like, evolution, you would say, of
0: music. So when you're talking about evolution, have you introduced any other types of instruments? Are you still primarily guitar? No,
2: bass, guitar, and and vocals and drums. But we get very experimental, like with sounds and things. And and maybe like like, some of the songs are are maybe the kind of songs that people wouldn't have expected us to do, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah everything's still guitar focused but you run through maybe effects or different studio tricks to make make them more make it interesting or different, just different dynamics? Sounds.
2: just like, different guitar sounds that we experimented with And even like vocal oh. and, and yeah weird harmonies though. different harmonies and
0: yeah it's, it's pretty cool. okay so more like more overdubbing like is it more track
2: um <laughs> like just maybe studio, more layers yeah, yeah.
1: Like,
0: like, more layers yeah so do you have more Layered tracks on top of each other. To experiment with yeah, yeah. that's cool. Because I mean, I, I have a home studio, and I I I, I use like twenty four track recorders. <laughs> and I don't, don't I don't use a DAW, and I just let my modes and my analog synths. I build them like track by track, and then when I perform, I, I'm a solo performer, but I use foot pedals and all kind of stuff to do like a live jam band kind of progressive my my you know heroes were like emerson lincoln palmer and yes and tony banks from genesis and so i kind of bring to the stage instead of like an electronic musician that's on a cdj i got a big stack of keyboards
2: oh that's so cool Um, yeah and like
0: modular yeah and i just come out and i just play them kind of organically like a jam band you know
2: (laughs) have you ever played an
0: organ live i've I played um, like or, simulated organs on my synth. You know, I use synths that can can basically become organs. So I use Roland synths and like Prophet synths and, and Moogs, and so I I can generate organ like like B Hammond B three sounds off of my stuff, um, and play it. And I play it because I'm a keyboardist. So unlike a lot of electronic musicians, they're just in it. You know, I'm actually physically playing, and so that seems to be, like I've had trouble with some venues. They're like. Oh, can you just bring your SD cards? Like, no, I'm bringing my road case. For fuck's sake. And, and, and I'm bringing my 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 Juno and I'm bringing my Moog and they're like, well, we don't have room for that. Like, how can you have a venue that says they want musicians and you don't have room for a keyboardist to bring his boards?
2: Yeah, but you <laughs> yeah. see, that's the problem. A lot of people as well, they rely only on like backtracks. Nothing is live, and it's again, live shows will start to be a, a lost art. If people continue in this way, it's it's great to rely on technology to a degree, and it's great to use it, but you can't rely exclusively on it. You you still have to maintain like you know some like um, creative control on, on actually doing like a sound. You can't.
0: Well, even allow- being a musician, you guys are guitar players, bassists, and guitar players. You guys have to play. You yeah. Know? So you have to do a sound check you got to play you know you got to have amps you got to really do it and then we a lot of bands are just using sequencers are using ableton uh you know using mpcs and that's not you know it's fine for a rapper i understand hip-hop you can be creative and stuff with that but you can overdo it where you're basically lip-syncing uh, to no. your own music you know we've seen so they, many yeah, bands that's not cool. yeah that's not cool so,
2: so many bands like we'll be at a venue and and it's, it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you insane? Like, they're, they're, it's not that they don't have enough musicians in the band to play. It's just, I don't know, for some reason, they've, they've tried so hard to chase perfection that they're almost too scared of actually playing um, live without a backtrack because they can't, Recreate all the um, trickery they've done mm-hmm. in the studio. And you just think to yourself, my God, what the fuck is this?
0: It's it's insane. Yeah. It's an insult. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I mean, my hero, I would go see the Almond Brothers. I go see the dead. Yeah. And part of the, the feel was, Dumb Brothers going to play that song different every night, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it would still be like, it's, they don't need a back and track and they just, they know the song and then they would change it. Yeah. And to me, live playing is about, yeah i'm gonna be within the ballpark of that song but if i want to change it up and do it a little different a different key or if i want to add a different solo, i'm not going to be so upset that i didn't get the solo exactly as it is on the vinyl or exactly as it is i'm going to go and have fun with it yeah. and to me you take, you take the fun out of being a musician if you're telling me i got to play that song exactly the same every night yeah. that's kind of like mind-numbing
2: oh, shit. but i mean that's that's crazy that people will forgo um like experimentation and freedom and music for i don't know perfect clean like a clinical clean cut sound every single time and you just wonder why I mean, take like the the real passion i
0: think when you take the passion out of, i mean the whole thing about you know if you get back to hendrix hendrix would do there's so many different versions of Purple Rain. You know, I mean not Purple Rain, but Purple Haze. He That's would come out rain. And, you know, <laughs> by Purple Haze, I mean, but if you get into like Voodoo Child, there's so many different variations he would do. Yeah. And the the whole core of seeing a guy like a Hendrix or Dwayne Allman or or Klappner or Jimmy Page. the fact is that they would change it. And the, you, there's a reason to go di- get different live performances of bands like Zepp and and Hendrix and and Clapton and Cream and all these bands to go and find the live performances because the way they it was it was actually why why you want to see a live act because they actually have certain nights where they they kick it a different way. Yeah, and that is actually the the, the 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 draw. The draw shouldn't be that they're going to play it exactly as you hear it on the top forty.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I think so many people now from like being fed I don't know this this fake like perfect every single time it's, it's like so clinically done. And they, yeah. they just expect that. And I mean, if you if you changed it up a bit, they, they wouldn't know what to do, they would freak out. So I think it's yeah, really yeah, when people appreciate a live band as opposed to just loving a perfect CD. Yeah,
0: I think there's a different set of audiences now. like when I go play in New York or I play in Boston, I go to places that want to hear live music from live musicians. And there's certain venues that are like, oh, you know, if you're a DJ, you got to use vinyl. Or if you're a band, you got to actually be a band. And you can't be, like, using sequences for 90% of what you're doing. You got to play it. Uh, so there are people that are kind of having a backlash to what is going on. You know, and it's more, it's probably not as big an audience as, as what is in the big, big venues. But, you know, I, I'd rather be in a 300-seat venue, or 500-seat venue playing what I want to do than yeah. to being forced to doing that other stuff.
2: That? Um, At the end of the day, when you when you think about it, it's all fine and well to have this image of, like I don't know, massive success. I mean, your song's on the radio, and you're playing these big venues, but if you don't even believe in what you're doing yourself, what's the point?
0: Yeah, I think it's like, the, to me, if you believe in what you're doing and you put all your heart into it, people find you. You know, like, I've, I've, I've been able to put out what I wanted, and then you know, some people came to me and they started distributing my stuff, and I started getting opportunities to do like what I'm doing right now because I just was true to what I wanted, yeah. And I didn't want to become anybody else, I mean, I was inspired by other people, like you know, like I said, like you know, Tony Banks and Keith Emerson, and uh, you know, all the, the guys from Yes, Rick, Rick Wakeman, yeah, guys who actually played that, that studied that practiced that you know that that can explain to you you know what they're doing in their music you know and, and, and you want to read their interviews and you want to go look at what they did in the past and kind of like build on it and that's that's to me is like the whole tradition of music is you want to push yourself no, and, exactly.
2: and, you have to live for what you do and i think so many people they get into it for the wrong reasons and and they do it's the same with art. If an artist creates art for what they think people want to see, and
1: it's not really art.
2: It's basically just rehashing think, the same old shit. So if you create something and it's completely from you, and you don't have any expectation in mind, and you don't have an outcome in mind, it's a great thing. I mean, because it's, it's honest, it's real.
0: real. Yeah, I, that's what I believe, and you know that's why I have this this forum. To like let people talk about what they want to talk about, but I think uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to cut it short into some other things. But but what's gonna happen is that you know the episode, the segment we just did, that kind of got cut off. That's gonna get strung together. Okay, uh, and, and we're gonna publish this uh, within an hour or two. It'll go out to Anchor FM, which is the primary place, but then it'll be on Spotify. Um, I'm able to do like a highlight link that will allow you to like in Instagram click on the highlight and it will go right to the Spotify podcast. Okay. Um, so t- 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 they have this t- uh, connection between Instagram and Spotify, which is cool. Um, and then what's cool is also the hyperlinks are active on the podcast. So if I put your website or, or your Spotify link into the physical description of the, of the episode, it's actually clickable and will go to your site, which is pretty cool.
1: That's um, cool. Sweet.
0: Yeah, so I will send you, as the as it gets published, all the links. And you can push them out wherever you want. There's no charge. We do have sponsors that you might hear uh, in between the segments. Um, but that's how we get paid. Well, that's cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so it's cool. So yeah, we're, we're glad to talk to you guys. It's awesome. You guys are kicking ass. Hey, well,
2: thank <laughs> and, you so uh, much for giving us the opportunity. And also, you rock as well. We really respect what you do.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. So, yeah, yeah, when your album comes out and you want to do an album episode, if you want to go back and talk about your last album, we can arrange another episode. Yeah, that would be good. Up. Okay, well, great. Keep on kicking ass. And you guys are awesome, and I'm going to be pushing you all on my social media. Um, got Twitter Robert, thank you. We here.
2: really appreciate it because this is all we've got. It's what we live for, so thank you.
0: Yeah, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, Thank you. Well, much love and respect back at you too. Okay, thank you for being on. This was the Soap Girls, and uh, you support them. Uh, Go to their website, get all their music, download it, share it, buy their merch, go to their shows. That's how you support an artist. Exactly. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.